It is coming up to 3 p.m. right here on KZSU Stanford 90.1 FM. This is your DJ Ramsey, and I'm here with you this week, as with every week from 3 p.m. till 5 p.m., to uh, take you along a virtual uh, carpet ride across the Arabic-speaking world, a very alternative kind of ride, because we'll be focusing on music coming out of the 20-plus Arabic-speaking countries on Earth and uh, exploring the kind of music that maybe doesn't get enough acclaim over there, partially because they uh, mix uh, too much uh, Western and Eastern uh, beats together. Well, I find that combo to be quite uh, magical, and my show actually concentrates on those artists who dare to bridge the seemingly eternal gap between uh, East and West. The show's name is Arabology. This is KZSU Stanford, 90.1 FM, and I'm your DJ Ramsey. Let's get things rolling today with a very interesting uh, singer whose name is... um, Ahmed Rock. Have you heard of Ahmed Rock? Well, Ahmed Rock and uh, uh, some other singers who are part of Revolution Records have released uh, an amazing, amazing mixture of songs uh, that belong sort of the to the uh, rap or hip hop uh, uh, genre, but they're doing so in Arabic, and uh, they are credited often as being uh, one of the first underground rap uh, labels in Egypt, as well as pioneers in the Egyptian hip-hop scene. The group was formed in uh, 2006 by Team Raz and Ahmed Rock, along with C. Zar, Rooney Hoodstar, Wild MCs, and Shahab as music producer. Uh, they, the, the record's name, or the, the, the label's name is Revolution Records, known in Arabic as Thawragiya. And uh, they, of course, uh, sang quite a, quite a bit and contributed quite a bit to the soundtrack of the Egyptian Revolution. Let's hear them singing a song called, uh, with uh, Ahmed uh, Rock featured, of course, uh, a song called Ana Mishadad, which means I am not just a number. Ana Mishadad. Ana min yomim tiflit walad. Ana li rakib biskelitta wa buya tayyir min farah. أنا اللي بظبط في الجاكيتة وأمي خايفة لا اتحسد أنا مش رقم في كشوف غياب أنا اللي بخبي القصص جوا الكتاب أنا اللي أهلي شافوا عشاني العذاب أنا مش قضية وكلنا فلان الفلاني أنا اللي حبيبتي من زمان مستنياني أنجح وخلص جامعتي وجيشي وجناني أنا مش رقم على جثتي أنا شخص عادي أنا ماتش كورة في حتتي أنا اللي راسم على الشجر طول سكتي أنا مش تاريخ أنا مش بيان أنا خبط عرفاها البيبان أنا اللي برقص في كل أفراح الجيران أنا مش علم ويومين حداد أنا مش مظاهرة ومش نشيد أنا كل ليلة وكل عيد أمي هتقضيها في سواد أنا مش عدد أنا اللي بحب بوتي 
عشان تعيش يا مصر عالية للمرأة الليبية باش العالم كله يعرف قيمتها وشنو قدمت للثورة لا منسانكمش ربي يعزكم ويحفظكم ويقويكم الله يبارك فيكم خلي نبدا بتحية كبيرة لامهات الشهداء اللي دمهم كان دخيرة للحرية فما مشاش هبال مشا رجال الله من تريس والنساء حنشكروهم كلهم ميداء الحياة على فكرة لابد نقول كلمة للمجاهدات اللي اقل حاجة داروها رفعوا المعنويات ما تنساش رن سوينا دكاترة وصحفيات بقيت جهدهم طوما عندهم بالسعادة لسبيع ولشهور الشاب هذا الصبور وصل هنا على ظهور لانتايا ولذكور شين تقول انت اللي ما تبيش اختك تطلع تتكلم لو كانها عندها ما تقدم بلادنا ما تزيد الا تتقدم ما هو حد ساهم في الحوار وهذه تساعد التوار بحيث ان نوروا للعالم ليبيا كلها للاحرار وحدة كلنا هامنا الموضوع لما نصلوا عالشهيد كلنا بنفس الدموع إلى المرأة الليبية ما حد يقدر يعرف جهدك وصبرك تخدمي بقلبك طول الليل ونهار بنقولك رغم انك ما تبي شي راني محتار من الجهد اللي قدمتيه يا انسة التوار إلى المرأة الليبية ما حد يقدر يعرف جهدك وصبرك تخدمي بقلبك طول الليل ونهار بنقولك رغم انك ما تبي شي راني محتار من الجهد اللي قدمتيه يا انسة التوار لما تخمم في التار بالكي في بالك في في وحدة اسمها رحمة راقصتها مش عادية طلعت من اول يوم عالتوار في ترابلس لحكالي قصتها قالي قالت لما تخافش قعدت تطلع في الاخبار في وسط المظاهرات واستمرت بها الشكل لين قطعوا الاتصالات اتصلت بالقنوات وكلمة صحفيين والله لمات اللي انتي شرفت الليبيين وشجعتي بناتنا الليبيات بشجاعتك حليتي قداش باب للبنات اللي بنبعدك بالله يشوفوها هذي مش خايفة من رصاص تتكلم بالاطلاق حتى قدام البصاص شدوها وحبسوها على لقطات تصوير بعدين طلقوها بقدر ربي وجهد كبير هذه المرأة الليبية اللي يبيش انت تقدر تديه اللي فعلا يفهم قيمتها والله لا يحير إلى المرأة الليبية ما حد يقدر يعرف جهدك وصبك تخدمي بقلبك طول الليل ونهار بنقولك رغم انك ما تبي شي راني محتار من الجهد اللي قدمتيه يا آني ست التوار إلى المرأة الليبية ما حد يقدر يعرف جهدك وصبك تخدمي بقلبك طول الليل ونهار بنقولك رغم انك ما تبي شي راني محتار من الجهد اللي قدمتيه يا انسة التوار يا ابو دبوره وشرط وكاب ومباحث تنفيذ واداب استجواب بكلاب وعذاب روح اخبط راسك في الباب يا ابو دبوره وشرط وكاب ومباحث تنفيذ واداب استجواب بكلاب وعذاب 
روح اخبط راسك في الباب هتعيط يا اختي يا مسكين خدودك حمر وحلوين وعايزنا نقولك اسفين ما تاخد لك حبة فازلين حطه عالجرح الطريق تبرد نار وتطفيه ويناير هنعيد فيه وابقى تعالى وارقص فيه وابقى تعالى وارقص فيه يمكن في الأيام الجاية نعمل لك مولد وهدية تلعب فيه بمسدس ميه ألاش فينال بلغوا له إياه بلغوا له إياه ويا أبو دبورة وشورت وكاب ومباحث تنفيذ وآداب استجواب بكلاب وعذاب روح اخبط راسك في الباب يا أبو دبورة وشورت وكاب ومباحث تنفيذ وآداب استجواب بكلاب وعذاب روح اخبط راسك في الباب هتعيط يا اختي يا مسكين خدودك حمر وحلوين وعايزنا نقولك اسفين ما تاخد لك حبة فازلين حطه عالجرح الطريق وتبرد نار وتطفيه ويناير هنعيد فيه وابقى تعالى وارقص فيه وابقى تعالى وارقص فيه وابعت على وارقص فيه وابعت على وارقص That was, uh, well, I don't know if you could tell, but it was kind of a sarcastic song, uh, but a quite a powerful one sung by a, a young guy. His name is uh, Rami Isam. And Rami Isam, probably out of every Egyptian singer that fueled the Egyptian revolution, was probably the first to do so. He's a very talented uh, young musician. He used to go down to Tahrir Square in Cairo with his uh, guitar and sing these kind of songs about, you know, uh, uh, defying the system and overturning the system and for that Rami Isam was actually arrested and tortured this did not stop the young man from uh, continuing with his activist efforts through music and of course he's now being celebrated for his courage Rami Isam's music is uh, now widely available I'm glad to say and uh, if you liked uh, that song called uh, Ya Abu Dabura uh, and we were wondering what he was singing about well ab- apparently and and uh, I got this from an Egyptian friend. Uh, Abu Dabura is sort of a, a, well, a code name for the police. Uh, and uh, Dabura refers to the stars on their uniform. And uh, so Abu Dabura Shortu Cap is uh, somebody wearing uh, the stars on the uniform and a cap on their heads as well as shorts, which is, I guess, the attire of the police. And so when you say Abu Dabura is approaching, that means the police is approaching. And I guess that was code for the young uh, rebels in Egypt to uh, to know that uh, you know to prepare for uh, maybe a backlash at the beginning of the revolution. Rami Isam the guy you just heard of course is best known for his appearances in Tahrir Square during the 2011 Egyptian revolution and his song called Irhal in which Mubarak was urged to resign ga- gained great popularity among the demonstrator. It became in- internationally known through YouTube 
Rabban is referred to often as the anthem of the Egyptian revolution. In uh, 2011, it, uh, the song was selected by Time Out as the third most world-changing song of all time. So that song was called Erhal. Of course, the song you just heard by the same guy, Rami Assam, was not Erhal. We, ha- we heard actually one of his other tracks here on the Arabology Show. That track, of course, was called Ya Abu Dabura Ushort Ukap. Before that, it was actually what? The hip-hop or uh, rap music coming in from Libya, believe it or not. And that artist was called Ibn Thabit. And uh, Ibn Thabit's uh, song was titled or was titled Calling the Libyan Youth. And uh, that uh, track came from uh, a compilation CD that's uh, uh, about to be released uh, from uh, World Music Network. It's called uh, The Rough Guide to Arabic Revolution. We began the set today, though, ladies and gentlemen, today with uh, a guy who's known as Ahmed Rock. And uh, Ahmed Rock sang a track called Ana Mish Adad. Ana Mish Adad means I am not just a number. And uh, apparently Ahmed Rock is, uh, you know, is, is also making quite a bit of uh, waves and in a good way uh, <laughs> upon the uh, music scene in uh, uh, the Arab world. And it's partially with his uh, collaboration with other artists, um, uh, including uh, Team Raz and uh, C. Zar and Rooney Hoodstar and Wild MCs, well, all of them together uh, formed this, uh, you know, uh, ensemble, I guess, or this group. And they've been uh, singing uh, and making their mark on the Egyptian hip-hop scene for quite a while. The song that you heard by Ahmad Rock at the beginning of today's show was called Ana Mish'adad. If you like them, check out the, their uh, label with the uh, Revolution Records coming in uh, from Egypt. And uh, hopefully you'll enjoy all of their uh, efforts together. It is uh, almost 3.15 right here on the Arabology Show. I'm your DJ Ramsey and I come to you every Thursday from 3 p.m. till 5 p.m. And I attempt to bring you this kind of music, alternative music coming in from the Arabic-speaking world. We began the set today with uh, sort of this uh, hip-hop kind of uh, music that is coming out of the region, certainly maybe influenced by the West, but appropriated to the East as well, bridging the gap between East and West in, uh, well, very surprising ways. So hopefully you've enjoyed that. I'm about to slow things down right after this. Would you like to have some fun with history? The Library of Congress invites you to visit americaslibrary.gov to interact with history. You can view films and photographs, learn quick facts, explore the major events of our past, and it's all just a few clicks away. You can even find out what happened in history on the day you were born. If you would like to learn more about our past, please visit americaslibrary.gov. Wardrobe for Opportunity 
first opened its doors in 1996 and since then has been serving economically disadvantaged job seekers in Alameda and Contra Costa counties. Their mission is simple, to provide suitable business attire for both the interview process and the job and to support career advancement. Isn't that a great idea? You can help by volunteering your time, donating your unwanted clothing, or by making a financial contribution to their programs. For more information, please visit www.wardrobe.org. That's www.wardrobe.org. A little bit after 3.15 p.m. right here on the Arabology Show with yours truly, DJ Ramsey. And, uh, you, uh, well, what can I say? It's a beautiful afternoon here at Stanford. Uh, it is uh, Thursday afternoon. Uh, kind of rainy today, but still a beautiful day to sit back and enjoy music from the Arabic-speaking world. I hope you've been enjoying the tracks I've bought you so far, brought to you so far. But if you haven't, then uh, don't despair because uh, you probably don't like hip-hop too much or something if you didn't. Well, I'm about to slow things down and show you that the music coming out of the region is very... Very, very varied and uh, very different to what you may expect. So stick with me till 5 p.m. And I'm sure between now and then you're going to find at least a few tracks that are going to rock your world in a Middle Eastern way, I guess. Uh, so uh, hopefully you've been enjoying the tracks. And uh, like I said, the, the first three were uh, Rami Islam, Ibn Thabit, and Ahmed Rock. But now let's slow things down with uh, something quite different. It's a group named Dal'ona. And uh, Dalauna, spelled D-A-L apostrophe O-U-N-A, have released this track called Et nous, nous aimons la vie. And if uh, you speak French, then you know that that means, and we, we love life. So you're probably wondering, well, what is the song in French doing on the Arabology show? And my answer is that this is actually an Arabic group, uh, Dalona, and uh, they mix uh, French uh, lyrics with Arabic lyrics. So if you listen uh, closely to the song, Et nous, nous aimons la vie, you'll be able to hear some French, and then you'll be able to hear the chorus coming in in Arabic. What a beautiful combination of languages there. French, Arabic coming together in a song by Dalona about loving life and that song will take us to the next one and for that one you need to really really be prepared because it's going to be none other than Reem Banna and from her new album we're about to hear the song The Absent One in Arabic Al-Ghaib that will come up right after Dalona. so uh, please uh, stay tuned to the Arabology show and you will not be disappointed <laughs>
nous aimons la vie autant que possible. Dansons entre deux martyrs. Entre eux, nous érigeons pour les violettes un minaret et des palmiers. Nous aimons la vie autant que possible. autant que possible. Nous volons un fil au verre à soie pour tisser notre ciel et clôturer cet exode. Nous ouvrons la porte du jardin pour que le jasmin inonde les routes comme une belle journée. Nous aimons la vie autant que possible.
أوضحه قليلا نحن نحب الحياة إذ ما استطعنا إليها سبيلا إذ ما استطعنا إليها سبيلا
بالمزاد الأسود واطفئ ذبالات النجوم فإنها ستضيء درب التائه المتشرد حتى
That was a track uh, by uh, Ramzi Abu Radwan, a young musician uh, who, uh, well, I guess has been playing music uh, since the uh, age of eight. Uh, if you enjoyed his music, uh, this was called uh, Rahil, and uh, Rahil means exile. That was taken from his uh, Reflections of Palestine uh, album. Before that, we heard Dream Banna singing that beautiful song called uh, The Absent One. Uh, that's taken from her brand new album, Revelation of Ecstasy and Rebellion. Uh, her name is Rim Banna, and the whole album is uh, a masterpiece. So if you liked uh, The Absent One in Arabic titled Al Ghaib, then make sure to check out her new album, Revelation of Ecstasy and Rebellion. We began the set, ladies and gentlemen, today with uh, a group called Dal'una, and uh, that song that uh, was uh, sung well half in French and half in Arabic. It was called, uh, the title was French though, Et nous, nous aimons la vie, which means, and uh, we too, and us too, we love life. And uh, that was taken from the Rough Guide to uh, Arabic Revolution uh, CD compilation that includes, uh, well, a variety of uh, Arab singers singing in Arabic, uh, songs that kind of provided the soundtrack to the, uh, well, series of revolutions going on over there. And uh, uh, and kind of does a good job of compiling uh, singers from all over the region. My name is uh, DJ Ramsey. It is uh, coming up to uh, 4.45 p.m. right here at KZSU Stanford, 90.1 FM. And uh, the show's name is Arabology. As you know, I'm going to be with you until 5 p.m. today. And uh, during the second hour of the show, I'm actually going to feature a very special interview with a young Lebanese singer. Her name is Tanya Saleh, and I'm going to play an interview that I recorded uh, with her, well, a couple of years ago, but the interview still sounds fresh and uh, she has uh, gone on to make, to uh, achieve great things in terms of musical achievements. The young lady uh, from Lebanon, Tanya Saleh, will be uh, the, uh, well, I guess the spotlight on the uh, second part of the Arabology show coming to you right here on KZSU Stanford, uh, 90.1 FM. Um, ladies and gentlemen, I don't, I'm not sure if you've uh, heard about the Jamil Prize and the Jamil Prize exhibition that's uh, currently taking place uh, right here at uh, Stanford. But if you haven't, then you really should uh, go down to the Cantor Museum and uh, look at this exhibition. I believe it's on the second floor of the uh, Cantor Museum. It's an exhibition called the Jamil Prize, Art Inspired by Islamic Tradition. And this, uh, the, um, the Jamil Prize every year chooses, well, about 10 artists uh, from uh, or whose work address, you know, uh, Islam or or, uh, aspects of Arabness or such, and uh, they put them together into this exhibition that then makes its way around the world. And aren't we lucky that uh, the exhibition is taking place right now, right here at Stanford University at the Cantor Museum? It will. The exhibition will be taking place. There is taking place there uh, until March tenth, two thousand thirteen. So if you have a chance, stop by and. 
and look at the beautiful art that has been created there by uh, many artists, including the Jamil Prize winner, recipient of the 2011 Jamil Prize, Rashid Quraishi. Rashid Quraishi, who is an Algerian uh, artist uh, who lives in France, and well, actually, he lives in all sorts of places, including France, was actually at Stanford uh, last month, and uh, he uh, gave a talk called Eternity is the Absence of Time. That talk took place on January 24th at the Cantor Museum, and uh, it took place against the backdrop of his award-winning work titled The Invisible Masters, where Quraishi discussed something called the Path of Roses, which is a series of installations that develop over time and in different locations. If you happen to catch uh, Rashid Quraishi's talk that day, then uh, you were very lucky because it was a really a packed uh, audience, packed house there at the at Stanford's Cantor Museum. And uh, he is, of course, after all, the uh, recipient of the Jamil Prize for 2011. So Quraishi's work is uh, still on display at the museum if you have a chance to stop by there and just ask for the Jamil Prize winner uh, and they'll show you his work. Works ranging from felt costumes, I mean the whole Jamil Prize uh, winners, their work uh, ranges from felt costumes to sculpture made from handmade terracotta bricks and from mirror mosaic to digital collages inspired by traditional Persian miniature paintings. The exhibition, ladies and gentlemen, which, as I said, goes on through March 10, 2013, is open Wednesday through Sunday from 11 a.m. till 5 p.m., Thursdays until 8 p.m. Please note that they are closed on Monday and Tuesday. And uh, if you want to go, of course, it is free and open to the public, so uh, feel free to go down there anytime before March 10th to catch a glimpse uh, or even more than a glimpse to sit there and uh, gaze at the beautiful artwork that they have as part of the Jamil Prize exhibition. For more information, check out events.stanford.edu slash events. And uh, from there, you can navigate to all sorts of events, including the Jamil Prize exhibition currently taking place at Stanford. Please note that the event is supported by the Victoria and Albert Museum uh, of London in partnership with the Abdul Latif Jamil Community Initiatives and it is made available at Stanford thanks to the support of Cantor Arts Center members and the Suhaib and Sara Abbasi program in Islamic studies right here at Stanford. Uh, so uh, there's uh, quite a bit of stuff going on around campus uh, that has to do with the Jamil Prize and uh, that includes today, uh, Thursday Thursday, February 7th, beginning at 5.30 p.m., a panel of experts will engage in scholarly de debate about contemporary Islamic art. Uh, if you're interested in that, then uh, head on to the uh, Cantor Museum, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, right, and uh, you by 5.30, and you'll be able to uh, sit in on this uh, thrilling event that's going to be going on at 5.30. Again, that would be um, the uh, scholarly debate uh, about contemporary Islamic art with uh, several uh, 
experts on the topic and uh, catch that right here uh, at Stanford uh, at 5.30. Uh, I might be heading there myself right after my show finishes at 5. This is DJ Ramsey. The show's name is Arabology, as I said. But speaking of Rashid Quraishi, the uh, winner of the Jamil Prize for 2011, um, I was uh, lucky enough to uh, get to know him a little bit uh, during his visit. It was a very rushed visit and I would have loved to have Rashid Quraishi as my guest today on the Arabology show to speak about his art and about his feelings about winning the Jamil Prize for 2011. Uh, but his schedule was uh, really busy. However, however, ladies and gentlemen, I was able to get him to record a message for KZSU listeners and students at Stanford and faculty, in fact, all Stanford affiliates, and uh, in which he kind of apologizes for uh, his whirlwind voyage uh, to America. America. Uh, he's uh, now gone on, I believe, to France and to other places, and the exhibition will be moving uh, soon as well from Stanford's uh, uh, Cantor Museum. So I'm going to actually play that message for you by Rashid Quraishi. It was uh, personally recorded for our listeners right here on KZSU Stanford, 90.1 FM. However, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Quraishi does not speak English, so he had to record his message in Arabic and also in French. And if you don't speak either of those two languages, do not worry because I'll provide a little bit of a translation into English of what he said in his message. So we'll listen first to his um, Arabic message and then I'll uh, translate that for you and then we'll uh, listen to the uh, French message. Uh, it's uh, kind of the same message in three languages and uh, we'll be doing that right here on the Arabology show. So here is Rashid Quraishi, winner of the 2011 Jamil Prize. His work is currently at the uh, Cantor Museum Art Center right here at Stanford and here's his uh, special message in Arabic going out to all KZSU, uh, KZSU Stanford listeners. أنا متأسف كثير لأنها غدا نأخذ طائرة على باريس لأنه كان كنت بدي نبقى بعد أيامات معكم هنا في في هذا المكان الجميل عن الجمعة كنت حاور معكم في أشياء في على شغلي على رسمي على كل أشياء عني اللي نفكر فيها ونحب نتقسمها عني معكم وإن شاء الله في المستقبل يكون يعني فرصة أخرى للرجوع هنا قاعدين نركبه في مشروع ممكن يصلحكم يصلح يعني ممكن تشوفوني عدة أشهر معكم لو كان ما يصلحش أكيد نعود نرجع إن شاء الله نشوفكم ونسلم عليكم ونطلب منكم سماح اللي سافرت بسرعة وما جمس نقابل كل الناس صلى الله وشكرا لك على سيد شكرا so that was Rashid Quraishi in a very personal voice recording that he recorded, uh, well, last week while he was at Stanford. And uh, he, uh, in this message that you heard in Arabic, of course, uh, uh, Mr. Quraishi, Mr. Rashid Quraishi, uh, thanked uh, everybody at Stanford for uh, being uh, so supportive of his work, for going to the Stanford, uh, to Stanford's Cantor Museum. And uh, I guess... Uh, 
uh, absorbing his work. He enjoyed himself. Uh, he enjoyed himself thoroughly and hopes to return. He apologizes that his trip was uh, somewhat short, but he hopes to be reunited with the Stanford community very soon. In the meantime, of course, all of us can go to uh, the uh, Cantor Museum and uh, look at his amazing art as well as art by the other uh, uh, selected artists for uh, this year's Jamil exhibition. So hopefully you'll head on down there after you've heard him speak in Arabic with my English translation. But if you still need one more language, well, then here he is in uh, French, saying the same message uh, to his uh, fans in French. Euh, je, je m'excuse d'abord parce que j'aurais souhaité rencontrer tous les étudiants qui souhaitaient me voir et discuter avec eux et partager des choses avec eux. Je suis venu pour un temps trop serré parce que j'ai des projets qui sont en cours, que j'ai obligé de, les, de rejoindre et Paris et le Maroc après pour les, les aboutir. Mais je pense qu'on est en train de construire pour l'avenir prochain donc un concept d'installation de sculpture dans le parc de ce merveilleux campus. Et je suis certain qu'on se reverra certainement, qu'on pourra et débattre et discuter, et dialoguer et partager beaucoup de choses ensemble. Plein de bonheur pour vous et un bon chemin dans vos études. Merci beaucoup to Rashid Quraishi, winner of the Jamil Prize for 2011, uh, for uh, recording these special messages for all our listeners right here on KZSU Stanford 90.0 FM for the Stanford community at large and for listeners all over the Bay Area. That was a personal message recorded by Rashid Quraishi in uh, Arabic and French, uh, and I inserted my uh, well attempt at a translation in English in between. Thank you to Rashid. Shukran. Merci beaucoup. Uh, wherever you are, we appreciate the message and certainly we appreciate the art that you bring. You make the world such a more beautiful place, I think, just with being there and uh, creating the amazing masterpieces that you create. My name is DJ Ramsey. It is coming up to 4 p.m. right here on KZSU Stanford, 90.1 FM. I think I'm going to shake things up a little bit here with a young lady whose name is is uh, May Matar. Um, May Matar is actually, well, she's like an amazing singer and she sings about women's rights and women's equality. She kind of puts down, um, not all men, of course, but the kind of men who try to uh, power trip uh, especially in terms of women, she's had enough with those kind of men. And here she is in Arabic singing about, you know, that she's had enough of this kind of generational thinking. She's uh, done with patriarchy, ladies and gentlemen. She's looking for a guy who will respect her and not expect her to submit. And that is saying a lot from an Arab singer coming from the Arab world. Here is May Matar. The song is called Mitlak Mishaizin, which means uh, like you we don't need okay what does that mean let's see we don't need guys like you
That was May Matar and a song called Mitlek Mish Aizin, I believe, which means we don't need guys like you. Well, here she was singing about a new generation of Arab women who do not want a guy who is going to try to power trip over them and expect them to just submit. Good for you, May Matar. And a beautiful song by this amazing artist coming in from the Arab world right here on KZSU Stanford. 90.1 FM. I'm your DJ Ramsey, and uh, we're almost at the mid part of the show here, which means that we are about to play uh, my interview with uh, Tanya Saleh. I don't know how many of you know who Tanya Saleh is, but she is an amazing singer who comes from Lebanon. 
uh, Tanya Saleh uh, uh, and I sat together. I was so lucky that day that she was able to uh, sit with me and uh, and uh, uh, speak uh, quite candidly about her album Wehde, which uh, tends to be uh, one of those albums that are truly uh, masterpieces. Uh, so, so Tanya Saleh, uh, who was uh, born in uh, Lebanon, uh, has uh, gone on to kind of define the uh, uh, alternative uh, music market in uh, the Arab world. Uh, and uh, she uh, she's kind of, uh, well, I don't know how to describe Tanya. She's uh, friendly in intelligent, uh, very gracious, and uh, just, uh, it was a pleasure to speak with. She's also so driven and so dedicated to her art that uh, one cannot help but uh, gain the utmost respect for her when she speaks about her music. So uh, I'm about to play my, uh, well, the first part of my interview with the Lebanese alternative singer uh, Tanya Saleh, Right here on the Arabology Show, coming to you from KZSU Stanford, 90.1 FM. My name is DJ Ramsey, and the next hour is mainly dedicated to Tanya Saleh. I'm sitting here on this wonderful uh, evening in Beirut with Tanya Saleh, whose album Wehde has been topping the airplay charts here at KZSU 90.1 FM. Tanya has kindly agreed for to do a brief interview with us here for our listeners. I'm sitting with her as we uh, enjoy some uh, Lebanese treats here at a place called uh, uh, Time, Out. Time Out. Time Out, which is a very sort of uh, special place because it's outside and it's quiet and it's uh, very beautiful. Thank you, Tanya, for coming to the studio. Thank you, Ramzi, for having me and thank you for helping me um, get heard in the States. I really appreciate that a lot. And uh, I thought we'd come here because it's a calm place and you would see some trees as opposed to all the cars outside. Absolutely. We came a little early and enjoyed the... uh, the ambiance, but uh, I'm going to get right to the questions, Tanya, because how does it feel like to know that your album is not just getting airplay on college radio, but is actually topping the airplay charts at Stanford and at other universities? Is this surprising to you, or did you sort of expect this kind of reaction from college radio in the United States? Um, no, I didn't expect it at all. I mean, I expected the album to be heard and to be liked, but not to be topping the charts because uh, I'm wondering how they are being able to understand the lyrics. But as you tell me uh, with a little explanation of what the song is about, then it will help. But I'm really honored and, and I'm very happy because, I, like I told you before, I really love the American people. I find them very nice people, very friendly people and very smart. So I'm really... Uh, honored by that. Well, one of the things that we encountered in terms of categorization, because as a, as a radio station, they're always looking to categorize things. It was very difficult to categorize your album. And finally, I said, just put it under world music, because that's a very open thing. But what kind of music would you define this? Is It's kind of jazzy, it's Arabic, it's Oriental, it's Western, it's fusion, it's, it's romantic, it's angry. Um, do you have a way to describe the album to listeners in the 
West who may not be familiar with uh, traditional genres? Yeah, I understand your question and I understand the need to label things, but uh, for me it's uh, it's always the hardest question to ask. So because I like to experiment in many things, that's why you listen to many genres when you listen to the songs, but I like to stay an alternative uh, musician because in that way you can uh, experiment and you can be just not the mainstream kind of music and not fall under any specific label rock, jazz or uh, funk or anything or even uh, traditional Arabic because it's none of the above and um, so if we talk about underground alternative maybe uh, Lebanese music a lot of people in the West are surprised that there is such a thing I mean when they think of Arabic music if they think of it at all or music in Arabic they're thinking of the you know sort of main icons like uh, Nancy Ajram and Amr Diab but there's always surprise that the underground or the alternative Lebanese music scene is so vibrant you Tanya Saleh are one of the few uh, artists who are getting, you know, exposure at long, much deserved exposure at long last. But how do you feel about the um, the way the uh, the alternative music scene is shaping up in Beirut or in Lebanon in general? Uh, I love the fact that now we have many alternative bands who are starting their own identity because with the growth of the internet and how people are connecting these days, well, they don't see the mainstream artists anymore as much as they the the, the, the production companies would like to. Now people are uh, uh, you know viewing what they want to see and hearing what they want to hear, and it makes me happy to see views on YouTube, for example, for Mashra Leila or for Rais Bek or for myself, uh, as much as. Uh, as 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 uh, it is, I mean, it's it's really very good to hear that the the young people are now being geared to a different kind of. Uh, I mean, they should have choices. I don't I don't like to say that mainstream artists are good or not good. It's not me who judges, but I think that the variety is extremely important because. Uh, people need that. I mean, you can't listen to the same kind of music. You can't see the same kind of beauty. You can't. You have to. You need variety. Absolutely, and I think this is why your album Wehde seems to be so um, innovative and uh, and very sort of different than anything we've heard in terms of even alternative, you know, Lebanese music. Is the music composed? Who composes? Who writes? Who creates the the uh, in your artistic journey? Uh, well, in the first album, it was uh, many people who contributed to the compositions. But in this album, I worked with a band of three people, a bass player, a guitarist, and a drummer. And we all work on the music together as a band. And, I, of course, I wrote the lyrics because I thought that it would be easier to express my own feelings and, uh, I mean, emotions or the things that I want to talk about. I would be expressing myself better than to just buy, uh, you know, lyric. So to me, it's important that uh, um, like people like Reyes Big and Mashwalela, I mention them because I respect the ability of uh, they have for songwriting as well, which is what we need. I mean, we don't uh, want to uh, give the image that uh, the Arab world is only. Uh, uh, I mean, they don't think, uh, or they don't have wit, or they are not uh, aware of what's happening. It's important that we write our own songs to express our own views about the world. So uh, I think it's it's positive. I mean, the way I see it, uh, we're going to be uh, 
stronger and stronger because of the growth of the internet like I said before it's important uh, to be able to find platforms for our music and to be able to find people like you who like it and promote it uh, I mean the, the, this part of the equation is, is extremely important for our growth and uh, gladly it's there well, uh, the lyrics, I mean, because I speak Arabic, I mean, touch me in a different way maybe than somebody who doesn't. But even people who don't understand the lyrics, once you explain the song to them, are able to relate to it. Um, the writing of these lyrics must come from some kind of personal uh, experience or venture. I, for example, is a very difficult track to digest at first because it functions on so many levels. By difficult, I mean problematic in a good way. Um, could you explain a little bit to our listeners in California that how the song could function either as a romantic song or as a maybe a satire, also as a political commentary on Lebanon? Just briefly, because I don't think people really understand what the term wahde could mean. Yeah. Uh, the term wahde means three different things or maybe four or five I don't know but to, in this song it's mainly three meanings it's it's wahde means a girl just any girl and it also means national unity and it also means loneliness right. so this word means the opposite of itself it's very weird so I thought that in the beginning of when I wrote the song I thought this word is extremely interesting how can I build around it uh, enough imagery so that I give it its uh, worth so I thought first of um, me as an Arab woman who lives in this male chauvinistic I mean mainly mainstream I don't mean that all males are like that but it's uh, the majority of males are uh, you know macho and they want to be uh, decision makers and there is no partnership in the equation men are there to just you know give orders and women are there to receive in in most of the cases and women have been raised like this for a long time and uh, most of the women i know who have grown up uh, men who need to get married they would advise them to find a nice girl you know a, a lebanese girl who would understand them and who would cook for them and who would be uh, i mean a, a child in their arms and do what they want so the, the song came from that insight too of like a woman asking her child or a, her son to find the right woman. And if we think of Lebanon as a, as a small country in the middle of this big Arab, Arab world and in the middle of this region with all those different equations going on and it trying to survive uh, along the line. So I thought that maybe also Lebanon uh, is the son of this woman who needs to know which woman he wants to choose because we have many possibilities. We can choose to be in an Arab unity, we can choose the European unity, we can choose the Mediterranean unity, we can choose anything but in the, f in the beginning we have to choose our own national unity to be able to stand as a nation because we don't have that yet I mean after the war it's, we've been tormented a lot and we've been uh, into a lot of pressure from many global uh, powers that we didn't really have any identity even our flag has been improvised very quickly you know uh, I mean we never had a government of national unity in the real sense where people were working as a team to to make this country grow we never had that yeah. and we always had this dream so this this is a bit what the song is trying to explain 
same and it's a, a, the Lebanese have identified with it because it's an insight that they have been grown um, to hear about and even the Arab world also find this, found this insight uh, interesting because they also found at a point that they were not having this national unity and they found that they were under a lot of uh, uh, governments where uh, things were imposed on them and they didn't really have uh, a say so it also worked on that level too and I'm glad to hear that in the States people are liking it
Saleh and a track uh, called Wihde. Uh, that uh, was a track as well as the, the title of her amazing album Wihde. Uh, Tanya Saleh, alternative uh, singer uh, or alternative music singer from uh, Lebanon, is uh, the, the spotlight for the uh, second part of my Arabology show coming to you right here at KZSU Stanford, 90.1 FM. My name is DJ Ramsey. The show's name is Arabology. And I wanted everybody to uh, note that uh, the interview was actually recorded in uh, the summer of uh, 2011. It still sounds quite fresh, actually, and as I was uh, re-listening to uh, Tanya Saleh uh, speaking about the state of things in Lebanon, I was, uh, well, thinking about how uh, some things have changed and other things have not. So uh, hopefully in terms of the Arabic uh, music scene there, and especially in terms of the alternative scene, uh, we've seen quite a uh, quite a bit of uh, creativity and uh, bands and singers like uh, Tanya Saleh are mushrooming all over the uh, music scene there I'm glad to say Tanya Saleh of course uh, remains in uh, well in a class of her own an amazing amazing musician who uh, as I said uh, comes from uh, Lebanon she uh, she actually uh, was uh, let's see she was born uh, in uh, 19- 69 and uh, survived the uh, Lebanese uh, civil war that started when she was six. Uh, Tanya Saleh began her musical career in her late teens when Alex Bessos, founder of the band uh, Minus Infinity, in search of a lead vocalist, expressed his interest in her voice and invited her to audition for the job of lead singer. Her first live performance was at the uh, Hale at the Hall at the American University in Beirut, known as the AUB in 1986. The Minus Infinity experience, though, did not last long because the founder emigrated to the United States. Uh, Saleh uh, enrolled in the Lebanese American University to study fine arts, uh, but music was always her first love. While in college, she joined uh, many rock bands in search for her own style, and uh, sometimes she had to cross the border between East and West Beirut to do her rehearsals with the musicians. Not an easy thing to do during uh, the uh, war in Lebanon. Uh, Tanya Saleh also wrote and performed jingles for radio commercials for pocket money. And in 1990, after the Civil War ended, she left to Paris to get her master's degree in art plastique. She lived in a boat on the Seine for a year and fell in love with the beauty of the 
city. Upon her return to Lebanon, she uh, she then uh, enrolled in, uh, well, let's see, she returned to Lebanon, I think, right after France. Yes, indeed. And uh, she applied for uh, her passion for the arts in the world of television, where for two years she experimented with image and sound, created illustrations, animations, video art, and music jingles. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's just the beginning of Tanya Saleh's career, her illustrious career, I should say. And uh, the interview that you were listening to, well, while recorded in the summer of 2011, still seems so fresh today. We heard uh, the uh, first part of the interview, followed by uh, her song, Wehde. And uh, we're about to uh, go to part two of uh, that interview right after this. What like what you are hearing? Help make sure KZSU can continue providing great programs without commercials to listeners all over the Bay Area. Donate to KZSU. For more information, email our underwriting department at underwriting at kzsu.stanford.edu or call us at 650-723-9010. And don't forget to keep on listening. Habitat for Humanity International brings families and communities in need together with volunteers and resources to build decent, affordable housing around the world. You can become involved with Habitat for Humanity on a variety of levels, including campus chapters, youth programs, local Habitat affiliates, and through their Global Village program. No experience is necessary. For more information, please visit www.habitat.org. That's www.habitat.org. 4.22 p.m. right here on KZSU Stanford, 94.1 FM. I'm your DJ Ramsey, and the show is Arabology. This hour, we are spotlighting the career and life of uh, Lebanese singer Tanya Saleh, whose album, Wehde, actually got quite a bit of airplay uh, a couple of years ago right here on KZSU. In fact, it was at number one, I believe, on the world charts here uh, back then. And uh, Tanya Saleh, of course, uh, has gone on since then to do many other wonderful things, things including uh, writing for music soundtracks. She has a brand new CD of a, a live performance of hers that uh, uh, is about to hit the market and uh, and many other uh, wonderful uh, things in the works. So uh, again, Tanya, if you're listening or if anybody who loves Tanya Saleh is listening, I wanted to say thank you again for that beautiful interview given to me in uh, the summer of uh, 2011. Uh, it uh, it is, uh, well, like I said, uh, coming up to 4.25 p.m. right here at KZSU Stanford. And uh, that means that we should probably uh, go to part two of my interview with uh, Tanya Saleh. Uh, in uh, the last segment, we heard Tanya speak about uh, her music in relation to women's rights and uh, women's position in Lebanon as well as in the Arab world. Uh, she touched on politics as well as issues related to uh, women's rights. And uh, from that, I went on to ask her the following. Yes, but uh, you've you touched on two points, I think, in your answer. One of them is um, women's issues and women's rights, because I think that certainly does play into the track. And I'd like to talk about that in a second. But in terms of the political aspect of the Lebanese, uh, uh, you know, political spectrum that, that, is, that Lebanon is going through now, or this search for an identity, um, you've been pretty vocal 
about being anti-sectarian. You're 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 against this kind of system that where you know sect matters or you you vote according to that. Um, how problematic is that um, for you? I mean, when you look at Lebanon and you look at what's going on, are you optimistic or pessimistic about the uh, the, uh, the outcome of the change? I mean, changes are happening, but I don't think those of us in the West really understand yeah. or know, especially in terms of the revolts going around in the region. Many people wonder why the Lebanese aren't rising up. But at the same time, I see quite a bit of subversive uh, thoughts coming out in music, in poetry, and in, in writing. Yeah. Would you care to comment on that a little bit for us? Uh, well, in the Arab world, it's it's been a long time. I mean, there's been dictatorships in most of the uh, countries that uh, are close to us, and they have been there for more than 30 years. So their problem is with the dictator. They need to solve that before they get to other issues. But in Lebanon, we don't have this problem. On the other hand, we have many things that derive from the sectarian problem. I mean, like you said, we don't in Lebanon we don't vote according to the credentials of a certain person. We uh, we vote according to their religious sect and not even their religion. So uh, it implies that the people are driven by their emotions and by their uh, instincts, and which is not really very smart. I mean, uh, if a country needs to stand on its own, it doesn't need to be driven by emotions. It needs to be driven by a government that really is a, a technocrat government who really works for the... I mean, each person is in, in his or her place for a reason, not because they are of a certain religion. So this does, didn't happen. And if we have to revolt, we have to revolt against this kind of, of, of regime where uh, the, the electoral system is set in a way where there is no way out. I mean, if I want to vote, I don't have another uh, leeway. I mean, I need to vote for uh, this person or the other, and I don't in most of the cases I don't find anyone to vote for so I don't vote so people like me uh, are, are uh, growing in numbers in Lebanon and I find that it's going to take uh, quite a, a long time to be able to really uh, dismantle we can say dismantle this uh, power because uh, uh, we ne what we need to do is us, uh, the people who have children need to start educating their children to, be, to have a different mindset. Uh, on that level, I mean, I don't see hope coming out of this gen current generation because they're already brainwashed and they're already, I mean, if they are not sectarian, they have different uh, divisions. If not sectarian, there are divisions uh, that have to do with the certain education that one has. I mean, if you had uh, been educated as a... Uh, English-speaking person, you would not get along with the French-speaking person, or you would not get along with the people who have been raised uh, under the Russian communist uh, slash uh, uh, socialistic uh, uh, kind of thinking. So there's many, uh, I mean, and there's also the American-driven, uh, I mean, the people who are driven by the American politics, or the people who support Israel versus the people who support the Arab cause. I mean, there's many, many divisions. So uh, this is the, where the hard uh, problem uh, starts to you know uh, emerge uh, we don't have a dictator but we have many divisions that we need to unify into one unity 
and, and the next generation and the next generation like the, is uh, my hope better, yeah. uh, I mean I would I would always be walking in those marches against sectarianism I will never stop but I would also uh, try to convince all the people that I know the parents that I know to start to uh, you know plant the seed in their children because the only way we can get better is by uh, changing the, 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 the way we think and, and trying to uh, influence our children in a different way. And the other point you brought up, Tanya, is that in a way uh, your, your album and your life in general sort of broaches women's issues. And you spoke sort of universally about uh, misogyny, maybe, you know, this kind of uh, masculine empowerment, entitlement that we see all over the world in patriarchal systems, but also maybe more specifically in the Arab world and in Lebanon. Do you identify as a feminist in any way or do you stay away from that term? I'd, I'd like to stay away from that term because most of the feminists that I know have a problem with men. I don't have a problem with men. I like men. I like men and I respect men a lot and I find it's nice to have the femininity and it's nice to have the masculinity part. But what I don't understand in the Lebanese, most Lebanese men's mentality is the fact that they don't want partnership. Uh, and, and to me... Uh, there should be a partnership in a couple and, and no one should be giving orders, not the woman or the man. So the problem is that uh, most of the time it's the man who, you know, um, makes the rules and, and the woman d does only what the man uh, wants. So there's many things that are not expressed, many emotions uh, that come from the feminine part of the, of the society that is not expressed. Uh, and there's a problem because um, many girls that I know have been most of the time oppressed by their father because they didn't, uh, I mean, the father didn't want them to have a certain education. Maybe, for example, the father doesn't want his girl in this society to become a dancer or a singer or to become a social activist or to become uh, maybe a, a, even a police girl. Or I mean, there's certain things, certain taboos that we should... I mean, uh, overcome to be able to be a balanced society between its females and its males. And uh, I think that we are much better than our neighbors in the Arab world, but we still have a lot more to, to, to say and to... I mean, look at us in, in our parliament. There's four or five women, and uh, most of them don't do anything because they are either the daughter or the sister or the mother of someone. But they are not there because they are expressing something and, and they have a uh, say. No, this is a problem. I mean, you don't have women who really speak for you in the parliament. So we're still very far from getting there, but I have hope. I, I really do like what you say about the partnership and the equality of the sexes, different but equal. But And that kind of enables me to segue a little bit into the tracks, which is the, what, what I really wanted to ask you about, because I wanted to sort of single out some of the tracks on the album and get your reaction, not necessarily an answer, but a reaction. And, uh, and uh, the way the masculine-feminine dynamic functions in some of the songs is very innovative, it's very new, where maybe it is the masculine, the male character who's 
more vulnerable. I'm thinking specifically about the song Shu, <clears throat> where, um, yeah, I, I've said this to our listeners many times, this is a song where a man is speaking to his partner, his wife or his partner, and she, she, he feels she's being unfaithful to him, and he's kind of uh, torn between anger and love, and he feels jilted and rejected. But it's such a powerful song, because the whole theme of this kind of infidelity uh, is new to Arabic music, and the kind of somber and haunting vocals you have with that song is very disturbing, uh, deliberately so. How controversial has that song been, and how uh, correct am I in assuming that this is a really poignant commentary on an issue that normally is not discussed? Well, this song, uh, I mean, I don't know why, but for a, re for a certain reason, I always write uh, in a way that expresses two different meanings. This song in particular, I was trying to, to express this infidelity thing that you are talking about. I mean, I was thinking, what would my partner be thinking about if I even think of... Uh, having a relationship with someone else, even thinking it. So this was the first uh, level of, of understanding the song. But the, the real thing that made me write the song is that I thought that my partner was jealous not of another man, but my partner was jealous of my work. Mm -hmm. And my work is this other uh, opponent that he was trying to, uh, you know... Conquer cover or uh, you know kill at yeah. the end he yeah. says I, I always wanted to kill yeah. Uh, yeah. this guy so to me as a uh, as a person I'm telling you honestly this was the case I mean it was not another man <laughs> but it. it is another man and in other cases which is great for the song I mean I'm sure that many men think like that if they uh, even I mean suspect that their partner is thinking of something, you know, they uh, with would also uh, feel the male that. being vulnerable and wanting her despite this alleged infidelity. And usually we hear maybe more female or women singers kind of, you know, be clutching to the man and he's, you know, he's he's the one who's cheating and they want him. Mm. This was the man sort of beseeching the it's woman. It's important. Uh, and uh, I think that's I pretty think new to show the man important. as vulnerable yes, and wanting that kind of same traditionally feminine Yes, uh, it's need. important, Ramzi, for our society because I see around me many women who are suffering from particularly the infidelity of men. So I wanted to show the opposite so that they feel better, you know. And maybe uh, there's another song that I wrote also because I felt that women should be feeling better about themselves, you know, which is the track number three, which is called Rah al okay. It says, love is gone. Yeah. But okay, love is gone. So okay, we, we will cry and whine and, and lament. And then what? We need to do something about it. We need to stop crying yeah. and start anew. That's so what we need so to do. It's not so pessimistic. This song. No, it's, it's not, not about there is no more love. It's about love is gone, but can be sort of regained in different ways. Yes, and I, this is what I really believe. I mean, if love is gone once, it shouldn't be gone for a long time. I mean, it should come back somehow. <laughs> and that is only one of the controversial, or quote-unquote controversial tracks on the album. The other one that I think of, which is so catchy that even most mainstream American audiences are singing it, is Omar and Ali. 
and uh, I don't think people quite, I mean, they love the beat, and it's very addicting, and people are singing it, but once they understand what Omar and Ali represent, it gains on a whole new dimension. Can you explain to us who Omar and Ali are, and how they function in opposition, yet should be uh, espoused to each other, perhaps? Uh, a friend of mine once told me it would be nice to do a video clip with uh, a gay couple where you see Omar and Ali as a gay couple who are uh, in love but uh, are fighting for a reason. But to me, I wrote the song because I felt that in the Arab world there's uh, there's a big force that is the m- Muslim religion, the Islamic religion. And it's, most of the people are uh, from, I mean, most of the, the population is... is uh, Muslim. And this Muslim world is split in two. In in the world, there are countries who are Sunni Muslims and other countries who are Shia Muslims. But they have the same religion, but they have different, uh, uh, how do you call them, shores in the religion that they need to be doing, uh, according to a certain uh, fatwa. So uh, when I think of myself as a person who has grown up in, in Lebanon and who has had Uh, parents from these two different uh, Muslim sects, I think that, okay, I'm in the middle of this battle, uh, and I have nothing to do with it. I mean, I I didn't choose to be uh, Muslim, or I didn't choose to have this uh, father or mother, but I grew up this way, and I found that there is no reason why they shouldn't be getting along especially that in Iraq and in many other places like Bahrain now and many countries in the world, they are fighting and they are killing each other and there's blood and there's... Uh, I mean, it will take a long, long time to heal. You're Why? about Sunnis and Shia. Sunnis and Shia in certain countries. Why are they fighting? Because they, they have no reason to fight if they have the same religion as... Uh, I mean, the same uh, prophet as they want and the same... Uh, uh, kind of way of life, the same. The only things in in uh, in uh, in difference that they have are the names that they choose for their children.
لعب كبيرة بدك تلعب يا عمر لازم تلعب مع علي That was uh, Lebanese uh, singer Tanya Saleh singing a track called uh, Omar Wa uh, Ali, translated Omar and Ali. And I guess if you listen to the second part of my uh, interview with her, you kind of know that this is a commentary on uh, Sunnis and Shiites and uh, the fact that uh, they are sometimes uh, in opposition, but they shouldn't be. And uh, the whole idea of the song, of course, is that Omar uh, Omar should speak to Ali and uh, Ali should converse with Omar. That song actually is uh, taken from uh, Tanya Saleh's album Wehde, spelled W-E-H-D-E, a fantastic album uh, that Uh, really has made a profound impact on the uh, alternative music scene not only in Lebanon but all over the Arab world and of course spilling now into the West as well Uh, so I think that uh, if if you've been listening to this interview with uh, Tanya Saleh that I conducted back in the summer of 2011 you pretty much got a good idea of who this uh, amazing woman is Uh, she's outspoken, she's multi multi-talented, and uh, she also sings in English, and I'll surprise you with one of her tracks in English uh, later on on the Arabology Show. Coming to you from KZSU Stanford, 90.1 FM, my name is uh, DJ Ramsey, and uh, the show is Arabology. I come to you every Thursday from 3 p.m. until uh, 5 p.m., and my show is always followed by another great show, and that's uh, a show called the Sunflower Sutra with your DJ Emma. Now, I really like the idea of uh, Emma's show because every week she chooses songs that fit within a different theme. So uh, 
what's the theme this week? You should tune in right after my show from 5 to 6 p.m. to find what her theme of the week is. She's uh, been known to uh, <laughs> play songs dealing with such themes as colors, flowers, and even death. So uh, stay tuned. This is to a mostly range of rock with uh, some surprise mixed in on the Sunflower Sutra Show with your DJ Emma coming up right after my show. That would be at 5 p.m. right here on KZSU Stanford 90.1 FM. The Rape Crisis Center of the Mid-Peninsula YWCA is there to help you and your loved ones work through the impact of sexual assault and rape. You can call their hotline 24 hours a day at 650-493-7273 or 408-245-3414. That's 650-493-7273 or 408-245-3414. It is, rape cl- it is a quarter to uh, 5 p.m. right here on KZSU Stanford 90.1 FM. I'm your DJ Ramsey, and in the last 15 minutes of my show, I'm going to play the uh, third and final part of my uh, interview with the one and only Tanya Saleh, Lebanese singer, musician, uh, songwriter, also uh, a woman who's delved into different industries and brings experience from all over the spectrum. In 1994, Tanya Saleh, for example, wanted to discover the world of advertising, which opened a whole new horizon on audiovisual experimentation. During that time, she also auditioned for an upcoming play by Ziad Rahbani, who is, of course, a famous Lebanese music composer, lyricist, pianist, and playwright. He also happens to be the son of uh, Fairuz, if you know who she is. And uh, Tanya Saleh got the chance to sing and act live in two consecutive plays. One was called uh, بخصوص الكرامة والشعب العنيد and the other one was لولا فصحة الأمل I think I butchered the second title but anyway these plays took on uh, or, or were uh, were uh, staged uh, in uh, between 1993 and 1996 uh, so uh, then Tanya Saleh also took part in uh, the backing vocal recordings on two classic albums uh, featuring uh, of course or produced by uh, Ziad Rahbani one was called Bima Inno and there uh, with the late singer Joseph Sa'ir the other one is of course Ila Asi that amazing album by Fairuz and it was a tribute to Asi Rahbani and Tanya Saleh of course took part in the backing vocals on that album so little known facts 96 she began to work on her solo album Tanya Saleh with music vet- veteran Aisam Haj Ali who was in Al Ard band she recorded her first songs at Nota Studio with the sound engineer Philippe Tome and later became her who later became her music producer uh, so uh, that's just a glimpse of what uh, Tanya Saleh has done uh, through the years and then uh, those kind of achievements eventually led to the album that I'm showcasing today which is called Wehde by Tanya Saleh. 
Saleh. Uh, since then, I believe she's uh, you know recorded for soundtracks and such. But we want a real new album, Tanya Saleh. Are you out there and are you listening? It is time to release a sequel to Wahde. How are we going to do that? So hopefully that will happen. In the meantime, thank you for releasing that live album. At least it keeps us fans uh, uh, busy until uh, your uh, next album comes along. Tanya Saleh, who I interviewed in the summer of 2011 in Lebanon, uh, is my uh, guest today on this pre-recorded interview and uh, right here on the Arabology Show. If you were listening to the first two parts of this interview, then you kind of got a good idea about what this uh, lady is all about. Uh, Tanya Saleh has much more than just a singer or a songwriter. She's actually an activist in many ways and represents and talks about uh, parts of Lebanese society that many people do not want to discuss. Good for you, Tanya Saleh. Check her out. Again, her name, Tanya Saleh. Her album, Wehde, W-E-H-D-E. And uh, if you like her, check her out on Facebook, etc. Or check out my uh, Facebook page for the uh, you know, for the radio show right here, Arabology, at facebook.com slash Arabology. And leave me comments about what you think of Tanya Saleh, her music, etc. As well as uh, any other uh, recommendations you may have or reactions to some of the songs that I've been playing on this week's Arabology added, uh, episode. <laughs> this is DJ Ramsey. The show is Arabology. And I remind everybody to stay tuned in about uh, 12 minutes to uh, uh, none other than DJ Emma and uh, her amazing uh, show, which is uh, called uh, Sunflower Sutra. And uh, that will be from 5 p.m. till 6 p.m. right here on KZSU Stanford 90.1 FM. Let's go to the third and final part of my interview with Tanya Saleh, which will take us up to around 5 p.m. Thank you for tuning in, ladies and gentlemen. It has been a pleasure. And Tanya Saleh, if you're listening, we love you here in America as well. So uh, hopefully we'll get to uh, see you here in the States one of these days. And uh, more importantly, we'd like to wish you well and uh, tell you that we're all dying, waiting for your new album. I'm going to end the show today a little bit with uh, maybe an English track by Tanya Saleh on the Arabology Show coming to you from KCSU Stanford, 90.1 FM. Tanya, I don't want to keep you too long, but I wanted to discuss a little bit the album, the artwork. I mean, this is an album you everybody should buy and get the original, absolutely, not only to encourage uh, Tanya and, and, and her um, and, and the team you work with, but also because um, of the way the album folds out, the picture on the cover. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about this amazing picture on the cover? It's colorful, it's, it's pleasant, it's bizarre, and yet... Yet it has certain political implications, I hear. Well, the, the only uh, I mean concept behind the cover was that I wanted a picture that expresses me as a woman, as a free woman, and expresses this uh, Lebanon that we all dream of, that is not yet a full, uh, fully rendered picture in the flag. As you see, it's only sketched. And I want to express the idea of why are we in Lebanon only... Uh, uh, ha- I mean, why can't a woman become a president? And why can't uh, a woman of a different religion become a president? Mm. I, I wanted to, to just because uh, Lebanon, show people... Because the president must be of a certain religion yes. by, by the constitution. By the constitution. And that is Christian uh, or, or 
Muslim. He has to be a Christian Maronite, not any Christian. Wow. Cri- so Christian Maronite. Christian so if you're Maronite. not a Maronite, you have no chance. Wow. So not only you know there hasn't there been a woman, but there's never been a non-Christian Maronite president exactly. in Lebanon, exactly. which I think is surprising to many people in the West. We you know we think of elections as being very different. Of course, I mean any uh, any person with an open mind and with log- a bit of logic would say why why do you choose your uh, presidents only from this bunch i mean it's not logical at all and you have to choose the prime minister from the sunni uh, muslim sect and the um, uh, president of the parliament uh, from the shia sect wow. so you will be in their opinion balancing the situation but it has never worked because of that i mean we've been uh, fighting with each other for more than 30 or 40 years and we we, we never uh, got to a point where we said okay now it works it never worked but the the cover the outfit the pose okay uh, the, so i want to say that the cover picture was taken by a very good friend of mine who's a very nice photographer Tanya Trabolsi and the styling was uh, by Petra Abustayman who's also a friend the cover design and the illustrations was done by another friend who's David Hapshi who's a brilliant illustrator gorgeous, brilliant gorgeous, person and illustrator he's a, a, a he's a very rare person actually in his art and in his perso- persona who has worked uh, on it as if it was his own child so this means a lot you know when you work with people who are really devoted and emotional and passionate about their work it makes a lot of difference and also the musicians who worked with me uh, you must know them by now they're um, the, the the people who co-wrote the music and there's also Philippe Tome who is the, the the producer who co-produced the album with me who is very uh, um, uh, i mean a meticulous person and very talented and he has very rare uh, ears you know he's uh, he's helped me a lot along my career and uh and Philippe Tome is uh, a partner in music and uh, a little bit more no he was yeah okay because now we're uh, not anymore together but we're hoping to stay i mean to work together for to collaborate, uh, collaborate because it uh, it would be uh, i mean s- smart to just work with the people who you think are good for your work absolutely and the way the cover opens up and then closes into the lebanese cedar uh, the significance is that if you need fold it a certain way the cedar will meet and if you just you know but it can fold in different ways can you just comment as a last comment on why that i mean it's, it's gorgeous aesthetically to look at but it also to me must have some kind of significance well uh, david who's uh, like i told you a brilliant person he he has a, a very also very talented friend who's a package designer his name is William Sheir and he insisted on doing this uh, this kind of folding but i told him but william it's going to cost a lot and it's going to be a hassle to make the meat and it's very hard please let's do another kind of uh, packaging he said no he insisted and i respect that a lot because in the end it uh, you know it explained everything and it 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 really helped in in that in in bringing all this illustration together into one place and, the, uh, and in maybe i now i may be just you know being my uh, 
you know, doctorate compared to self, but in unfolding the tree and then folding it back, there's a sort of symbolism in terms of maybe reuniting Lebanon yes, or, or unifying it in the shape of the Of course, and we tree. took the cedar from the old uh, Lebanese uh, identity card, which to me was very elegant and very nicely done. And now if you look at the current one, it's... There's no personality like the banknotes. They don't just they just don't look nice at all. <laughs> and I find all the banknotes and all the identity. I mean, graphically, the graphic identity of the Lebanese uh, paperwork was extremely nice before. I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened to yeah. them. Yeah, I still think it's prettier than the dollar. At least it has color in it. You know, the Lebanese uh, lira. Now yeah. that I'm getting used to during this trip. Um, Tanya, the album can be purchased uh, by listeners at forwardmusic.net, I believe. Yes. Anywhere else uh, for people in the West that you would like to um, well, refer it's, to? It's on Forward Music, who, who I think is linked to iTunes, but I think it's... I'm not, I'm not very familiar of the way things work, but I know that they have to go to Forward Music because they are the... Uh, formal distributors of the album Absolutely. and they can find it uh, on the net only there um, any plans on putting it on iTunes or I hear that that's not that easy for you know it's a process isn't but, it already um, I think it is uh, I, last time I checked it wasn't but that was at the very beginning perhaps it is and I certainly would I think it so. is I think it is on for example is, it was on iTunes finally and I remember the college kids getting it so that's good to know if it, that it's available on iTunes and through Forward Music Net. And, uh, and, I and hope it's also available on my website, which is linked to Forum Music. So which is a different website than TanyaSaleh.com, correct? Because, it's only uh, to promote the album. This is just to album. promote Wehde. The yeah. other website is still sort of under construction, and we're hoping to, to eventually uh, regain There's been it. a bit of problems in because there's a lot of uh, things I want to put, and I don't really have time to... It's about my, you know, I'm being a bit lazy about that. I, lately. I, I highly <laughs> doubt that and as a reporter I don't want to you know put interject but you are after all you have a family you have a career and you have your your love for music and your career in music and if that's lazy then I don't know what <laughs> you know Tanya just in parting could you say just a few words to the listeners because my students and listeners at in, Cal in Northern California San Francisco Bay Area would kill me if I didn't ask the ask you to say something to them uh, I'll leave this entirely up to you and we'll play it as a separate clip but if you could just maybe say hello to everybody out there in California a lot of Arab Americans have picked up this album a lot of students and college kids and a lot of listeners in general and I think they'd appreciate a quick shout out as they say in America from Tanya Saleh tonight well to all the Americans and the Lebanese and the Arabs who are living in California who've been listening to my music, I thank you a lot. I'm really, really, really honored by that. And I can't tell you how happy I am to hear that you are singing in your American accent those Lebanese words. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Which makes me very happy because this way you can learn more about our culture and we can connect easier. And I really love you as people and I think you are a very smart 
people and I really, really appreciate the fact that now we are being able to connect thanks to Ramsey. Well, well only partially. Tanya, like <laughs> I said, your, your album has been picked up by DJs and radio stations on their own. I mean, once the album is out there, there's only so much one person can do and it's your music that's driving itself. And I think the last hope or the last thing I want to leave you with is to urge you to come to the United States, perform at Stanford and at other college campuses. I, myself, will do my best to make that happen. But I know my students have kept asking, why doesn't she come perform? And I said, <laughs> well, we have to look at uh, getting a, an official invitation. And I hope to get that going. Would you be adverse to the idea of coming and performing? Or? I would love to. I would not only love to, it's a dream. It would be wonderful. It would be really great to be able to, to see you guys Oh, I mean, in face to face, and to re talk about everything. Not only uh, you can. I mean, we can meet, we can touch, we can connect. <laughs> inshallah, we say in inshallah. Arabic. Inshallah. That was the Lebanese singer Tanya Saleh in an uh, interview recorded in 2011 uh, promoting her album Wehde, W-E-H-D-E. And uh, it is uh, coming up to 5 p.m. right here on KZSU Stanford, 90.1 FM, which means that in a few minutes, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Sunflower Sutra with your amazing DJ. And uh, as you know, Emma on uh, Sunflower Sutra brings a different theme every week and plays music that's related to that theme. Well, I was able to uh, get a sneak preview and tell you that today's theme is animals. Stay tuned for Sunflower Sutra and uh, DJ Emma coming to you in a few minutes, a few minutes after schedule with the kind permission of Emma who gave me the permission to play one last track by Tanya Saleh, this time in English. It is called Slow Down. Thank you for joining me today on the Arabology Show. KZSU Stanford, 94. FM.